I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Savage. I like to keep it real simple. Okay, this is going to be a bit of a bonus episode. I'm just going to answer some questions. I'm currently on a live feed. I'm going to answer some questions and kind of do a catch up. Sounds like you guys want me to do kind of a Monday recap. So this is what I'm going to be doing moving forward as long as I have the time because that's one of the questions is how are you finding the time for everything. Right now, it can be a bit difficult because I am a mom and that's for me the most important thing is making sure that I'm spending enough time with my son, making sure that he's having a good summer, that he's not literally just camped out in front of that in front of that screen and playing video games all the time. So, being a mom comes first and foremost, then, you know, the social media side of things comes right after and that is posting on TikTok, doing lives on TikTok. I'm in a special creator program um, with TikTok and there are certain requirements that I have to make sure that I meet in order you know, to kind of stay in that program, which they, they are absolutely amazing. I, I love being in that program, so I'm very thankful for being in that program and that they're working with me. But being a mom, having my social media, so I'm on TikTok, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Patreon, you name it, you know, they're the platforms, I'm on them. Then Mondays, I actually have the radio show that I do on 107.1, which is with iHeart. So I go in for a couple hours to do that, record my podcasts, and come back home and be a mom, 
try to get a workout in. I try to work out Monday through Friday, um, trying to keep my sanity, <laughs> try and have a little downtime, which truth be told, I don't have a ton of downtime. Um, it's probably why it would shock most of you that my house is normally quiet. So when I'm not online, when I'm not making videos, when I'm not doing that, it's pretty quiet around my house. Even with having my son here, like it's legit pretty quiet. So I would say when I have downtime, it's probably just kind of sitting and hanging out. I don't really even watch TV that much. It's just, okay, I might scroll because I've got to keep up with that too, right? I have to keep up with what's going on online. I have to keep up with the messages, um, which I love. I love when people message me and I love messaging them back. Um, yeah, so there's all of that. Oh, someone said you forgot the girlfriend part. Yes, and being a girlfriend and spending time um, with, with Josh. So when he comes in, there's times where I'm like, okay, how am I literally going to get all of this in? How am I literally going to like squeeze in the time with him? How am I going to, how am I going to make sure I'm a good mom? And there are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm totally failing. Like I didn't work out today or I ordered food in again, again. Uh, yeah. So there's all of those things, but I would say my downtime would be when I'm working out, I try to walk every morning with my dog. That would probably be more of my downtime than than anything else. Okay, some of the questions that you guys are asking and you're live in the chat so you can continue. You can continue to ask those questions. I'm totally fine with that. Someone said, how do you keep motivated just in life? If you know my backstory, um, hmm, I did not grow up in a very affluent area at all, at all. So when I watched people that I played soccer with or other family members have money, have the ability to do a bunch of things. My parents always made sure we had clothes on our back, food in the house, Christmas. They, they always, always made sure of that. Um, but we didn't have all that extra fluff money to do whatever with. So we lived in a 972 square foot house, I believe with, for the five of us. Um, it's a slab house, so we didn't have a basement. It was, you were on top of each other, basically. One bathroom. We had the living room, my parents' bedroom, my sister's bedroom, mine and my other sister, we shared a room. Kitchen, small dining room. The laundry was in the kitchen. So it was just a really tiny house. And I have said this before, though. When my parents built a house and they moved, I felt like we had more love in that smaller house that we were all like on top of each other all the time than anything else. So spent lots of time outside, lots of time just saying to myself, okay, you know what? If this is what I'm going to do, no one's going to hand it to me. So I just literally kept pushing. And if I was always taught, like, if you wanted something, you go after it. You don't ask for a handout. You don't do this. You don't do, you know, you don't do that. Like you work for what you get. And I'm extremely appreciative that my parents taught me that. And it wasn't, oh, here, take this, take that. I don't think I would appreciate everything that I've gone through to get to where I am. And I think everyone should take a look back and say, okay, well, this was my past. This is what happened. This is what happened. And this is what's making me who I am. And you have a choice. You can say it's making me who I am in a good way, or it's making me who I am in a bad way. And I'm very thankful that the experiences that I had, the neighborhood I grew up in, the school that I went to, 
I'm thankful for every single one of them. Actually, my 30th reunion is coming up next weekend. This coming weekend, actually, this Saturday. So I'm excited to see people that I haven't seen in a really long time. Um, but that really, really made me who I was. You know, the school that I went to, it was just... I don't, it's really hard to explain. There's nothing like it now, right? People would call you on your stuff, but you'd be fine like five minutes later. It just, it was what it was. So yes, I was class in 1993. Uh, what made you want to do what you do now? So I always knew, deep down in, I always knew that I was supposed to be on some large scale. I don't know. I didn't know what it was. I have no idea. I just knew that I felt called to do something on a really large scale. So when I left college after I graduated college I had my um, bachelor's degree in business with marketing and advertising so when I left college I was like I'm not really sure what I want to do so I actually taught preschool and I was like maybe that's what I'm supposed to do my calling is possibly to hang out with these kids teach them become better kids you know whatever I ended up doing that and it was like <laughs> I was literally sick all the freaking time all the all the freaking time so I was like okay no this is, not, this is not my cup of tea. So I had someone reach out to me. They wanted me to help start a company for them. And I was like, you know what? Why not? This is my degree. Let me see if this is what I want to do with my degree. Fine. I really went to college to play soccer. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, the degree was a bonus, but I went to play soccer. So I get out and I go work for a company and I literally was handed a phone book. She's like, here you go. Here's a phone book and a desk. And that was it. So I believe the last time I spoke, her businesses are worth almost $4 million. So that was definitely a, I don't know, I don't want to say, I don't know if I want to say pat on my back or it was a good accomplishment that I was able to start something from absolutely nothing and be as successful. I mean, we still talk. It's been, oh my goodness, I don't even know how many years ago. But we still talk. We're still friends. Um, and obviously, she's super thankful with everything that I helped them with. But again, I was like, this isn't what I'm called to do. You know how you just have this, this it's like pit of your stomach, bottom of your heart, where you're like, this just isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. So to be doing something more. So I shifted gears and literally just coached full time because I felt like maybe that's what I was supposed to do. I'm supposed to mentor and coach these kids anywhere from you know 10, 11 years old through high school, mainly the high school age. So I coached, I coached club, I coached high school. Eventually I ended up coaching college and I felt like, okay, you know, there's a, there's a good inner peace here. I really think this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but maybe still on a bigger scale. So when you have that deep down in saying, hey, there's something else, there's something more, there's something more, that's what drives you into figuring out what it is because I feel like that's where your happiness comes from, right? Hey, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. You're supposed to be doing this. You should check this out. So I kept coaching, coached on a bigger scale, thought maybe that was it. COVID happens. I actually had a couple of my own companies, um, soccer companies and whatnot, and COVID happened. It literally shut it all down. So I get on TikTok. I had been on TikTok since what, November? before COVID. But when I say that, I think I had posted like two videos. One went insanely viral. And then my mom was like, oh my gosh, this is so dumb. Stop sending me this stuff. My sister's like, stop sending me this stuff. It's so stupid. And I was like, you guys are so dumb. Like it's funny. So 
I watched it a little bit, put a couple of videos up, and then literally forgot about it. And then I think I, I don't know, I might have gone on it a couple of times before COVID, and then COVID hit, and I was like, I got nothing else to do. I'm an extreme extrovert. Surprise, surprise. I'm an extreme extrovert. So I'm like, I'm just going to post videos. And the more I posted videos and the more people that came in, I hate saying followers, but the more people that came in and became part of the Savage family, it was really cool. Then I started live feeds and I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I don't have to sit in my apartment and talk to the walls and talk to myself. I literally like can connect with people. So we just built this big Savage family and more and more people that kind of came in and became a part of it. I'm like, wait a second, this might be it. Now, I'm not gonna lie to you and say that I knew that I was gonna have the platform that I have right now, that I was gonna have over five and a half million people on one platform, a million on another. I, I didn't I didn't think that. I, I didn't think that at all. It was just like, okay, this is really cool. But then as people were saying, hey, hold on a second, you're gaining a lot of followers. What do you think about this? And one of my mods would come in and she's like, oh my goodness, you have X amount of followers. That's a football stadium. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Then she'd come back in like, you have X amount of followers and this is the size of a city. I'm like, whatever. And then it was just like more and more. And then it finally hit like, oh my goodness, this is like a really big scale. And the more people came in and understood like my background, what I've gone through, I've been through two divorces. The first one I was married just under two years. He was in the military. That probably says a lot. No offense to anyone. I appreciate and thank you for your service. Um, but the divorce rate is extremely high, extremely high, what, 80, 90% or it was even like at the time. So I don't think I really knew. No, I knew, I knew I had zero clue. I had zero clue about the military lifestyle, about any of that. Uh, it just, I'll tell you, it got to a point, we went to a party and at this party, eventually when I read, when I write the book, when I write the book, you guys can hear it all. Uh, but I went to a party and I remember my spouse at the time coming up and saying, hey, so-and-so wants to know if you want to switch. I said, what, say that again? Yeah, they wanna know, I don't want to, but if you want to, that's your choice. And I'm like, what? Time out, absolutely not. This negative, no, no, no. No ma'am, no ham, no bacon. Absolutely not. So super confused by that and was like, what did I why am I here? Like, why am I here? So needless to say, that one did not last very long. A girl called my house. Um, uh, she asked for a work extension or like a business extension. I had no clue. So I erased it and I was like, okay, I, I don't know who this is. And then eventually after pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing, he was like, I was drunk. I gave a girl my home phone number instead of my work phone number. Um, so that's what happened. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I got married, I believe at 23. Yeah, I believe it was 23. So I mean, I was young. I was so young. Look, if you're 23 out there, you think you know it all. There is no way. Give yourself some time. So I'm 23. I'm like, oh my gosh, this was the first thing that I felt like I ever failed at. Ever, ever failed at. So 
that's when I developed anxiety. I didn't want to come home and face the music. I didn't want to come home because I felt like I failed. I didn't want to come home because any team I went for, I busted my ass. I worked as hard as I could to make that team. Any job that I went for, I made sure I was qualified and and maybe even overqualified. I worked my butt off to get everything that I've ever gotten. So when I couldn't make this work and it was going to make me look like an idiot, I didn't want to come back. So I had extreme anxiety of trying to get back home. I didn't want to face it. I just didn't want to come back home. And when I got back home, everyone was great. Everyone was great. They were super supportive. You know, we understand, we understand. Um, But I still had that anxiety. I just, I don't know. The anxiety was more like leaving the house. Like I didn't want to travel far. I didn't want to, I don't know. I kind of wanted to stay in my own bubble. I wanted to just stay with myself, I guess. I just didn't, I don't know. So that probably led a lot to not letting people in as much, not letting people, um, when I would date someone, as soon as I would see they were getting close, I'm like, nope, see you, bye. See you, bye. Gotta go. Um, I just, I didn't, I didn't want any part of that. Um, so that kind of, you know, the divorce, the anxiety, the growing up and not having money, um, you know, all of those things, all of those things had other things happen. I'm on a live feed, so I'm not going to discuss those because I don't know if it's like a no, no. Um, but let's just say some things that kids, I would never want my kid. I would never want my son to go through it. I would never want my son to go through it. Um, and I think your, your imagination can run a little wild with what I'm saying. Um, And some of that stuff I never said, like I just, I didn't tell anyone. It was like, it was what it was. It's kind of a little bit of embarrassment or maybe it was my fault a little bit or whatever. I just, I didn't discuss it. I kept it to myself and just pushed it deep down in. So I think as people hear my story, as people say, okay, wait a minute, hold on. She had this, 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 and this happen, but she's still, she's still trucking. She's still moving. And I, I think you always have a choice. You have a choice to say, you know what, that right there, that's going to get me and I'm done. Like, I'm just going to always let it give me anxiety. I'm going to always let it this. I'm going to always do that, that, you know, all of those things. And I just always took that approach of, I, I can't let that happen. This sucked, but I'm moving forward. So the anxiety was the only one that I had. I was like, oh, hold on one second. Hold on. So I had to really work through that one pretty hard. Um, but everything else, I'm like, okay, boom. There was something recent that just got a hold of me. And I said, one day I was just like, look, I can't do this. I can't, I can't let this change me as a person. I'm not happy. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not going back into a spot where I'm not happy or I'm not enjoying life. So whatever it is that has a hold on me, I get to decide, does it, does it keep a hold on me and I let it keep a hold on me and then I'm sad and depressed and whatever? Or do I say, okay, time out. I can control this, whether I remove this out of my life or I tell myself this is forgiven or that's forgotten or whatever. Whatever this is, I have to decide what am I going to do with it because I'm not going to live in a space in my head rent-free right? Like it's just, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't want to turn into somebody that, that I'm not. So that's how I kind of get over 
some of the things and I stay motivated. I have my son. I have my career. I have I have a house that I need to make sure that I can afford payments for. I have the podcast. I have I have all of these things. I need to make sure I keep trucking because being yes, I'm dating someone, but being a single mom, being a single mom, I'm responsible. I'm responsible for my son. Yes, his dad's involved, but I am responsible with my for my son when he's with me. I am responsible for this house payment. I'm responsible for my car payment, my phone payment, food on the table, insurance, you name it. I'm responsible. No one else is responsible for it. Even if something were to happen that someday I get remarried, I'm still, I'm still responsible. I'm responsible for things that I get, for things that I do, for my child that I had. So that's, that's I know a really, really, really long, it's a really long answer um, to the question, but that's how I make sure that I keep myself motivated. As I look around and I say, okay, my son, I'm his example. And do I want my son, I'm not perfect, but do I want my son growing up and saying, oh no, that happened to me. I'm going to be miserable for 20 days and I'm going to take it out on every, everybody that talks to me. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want him to see that, right? I don't want him to see that. I don't want him to crumble under pressure the first time something happens, right? I don't want him to say, hold on a second. She doesn't feel like doing this and, and that's okay. She doesn't want to do that. Then that means this suffers, this suffers, and this suffers. So I want to make sure I'm being a good example, you know, for him as well. Hey, have there been times where I literally have bawled my eyes out without him seeing and knowing and wondering what's going to happen here? What's going to happen? Well, absolutely. You know, absolutely. But I want to do the best that I possibly can. It is also why, and I want to challenge parents out there because I guarantee you this does not happen very often. It is another reason why I make sure when I think I'm wrong or I'm able to have a teachable moment for myself, I apologize to him. If I went off on something on a tangent that my mind just went there, but it really wasn't the, the case, I apologize to him. Hey, you know what? I thought it was this. Well, no, it wasn't mommy. Okay, well, I'm really sorry. That's not what I thought. That's not what I meant. So I, I apologize. Not a lot of parents, my parents didn't, and, and that's no slam on them. I think that was their generation. But I feel like apologizing is extremely important. They need to not hear me on this. They need to not feel like, kids need to not feel like they have to be perfect. And when you don't apologize or you don't show your vulnerable side, that is setting them up to make them feel like, oh God, I can never make a mistake. My mom never makes a mistake. My dad doesn't make a mistake. You know, how am I supposed to live up to this expectation? So that is why I make sure that I apologize, that I'm open with him on things. Not every single thing, but there's a lot. You know, when he comes to me and asks me a question, there's a lot. You know, and it's, hey, how did that make you feel? Because raising, as a mom raising a boy, yes, his dad's involved, but I'm focused on what I'm doing, right? So as a mom as a mom raising a boy, I want to tap into his emotional side because I feel like for the longest fucking time, everyone has said, boys aren't allowed to cry. Boys have to be strong. Boys have to this, boys have to that. 
Well, that's why there are certain rates that are extremely higher at certain ages. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not down with that. That's not okay for me. That's not okay for me. I want my son to articulate if he's upset about something or he's this or he's that. I don't want him to say, I have to suppress every little thing. So I'm extremely careful. I don't want him to be feeling like he's perfect. I want him to feel like he's okay to cry. He's okay to share his emotions with me. I want all of those things. So that is like the hardest job for me, but most rewarding, right? Because he sees everything. They see way more. They say they see way, way more than anyone ever, you know, is going to say. He's made comments to me before like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, you heard that? Or you saw that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, dang, like I really got to watch. And that could be stressful for a parent too. But I do feel like the more you are open with your kid, the more you're not trying to pretend like you have your shit together 24 seven and you never make mistakes. I think it's okay because you know what happens when they become a parent and they're like, oh my God, my mom had all the answers all the time. Well, no, I didn't. I, I kind of, I was winging it a little bit. So being real and honest and transparent, there are some things your kids do not need to know. Okay. I agree with that. But being real and vulnerable and transparent with your children is not the worst thing ever because when, as they grow up, when they grow up, they're not going to look back and be like, my mom knew everything. And my mom never said sorry. And she never this and she never that. So now you're starting this cycle and you're making them think that they're less than, that they're not a good parent, that they're not this, that they're not that. No, you want to do the best that you can to teach them to be human, which means makes mistakes, right? They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do all of those things. And sometimes it's, it's okay, right? The mistakes are okay. Now, you also want to teach them their word is pretty much what they have. So something that really just, for me, I grew up with, and I might touch on this later, but I grew up with, and pretty much every relationship that I had, the majority of the relationships that I had, um, people just were not forthcoming. So that is a, that's a huge trigger for me. That's a huge trigger for me. And I have a feeling in the chat, everyone's going to start spamming me or, yep, I haven't had people be forthcoming toward me either. I want to make sure my child, as best as I can, best as I can, is going to be up even on the hard times. So I'm just teaching him, look, it sucks. And I know even when I was younger, I'm sure I didn't say things to make myself look better or whatever. I'm doing my best to try and teach him. Be honest, be as forthcoming as you can, like all of those things. So I don't I don't have all the right answers, but I do think apologizing. I do think being open. We live in a whole different world, a whole different world. Yeah. And and coping skills, all of those things, all of those things. We live in a whole different generation now. So that's my main focus is my child first. That's a big job. Raising a little one is a big, big, big job. So that social media, uh, podcast, radio, little things and big things that are coming my way. Some I can't really talk about. Um, 
you know, making sure my kid has a has a good summer. I'm trying to do that. And then I have some travel things that I'm supposed to like take part in. So we'll see how all of that, all of that comes. Um, okay, next question. <laughs> uh, what am I doing differently in this relationship than I have in past relationships? Um, hmm, a lot, a lot. Um, here you go. Here's some tea. I have run into a deal breaker. I have run into a deal breaker that I have said, here, here are a couple, here, here are my deal breakers. Right. And I ran into a deal breaker that has shocked me that I have not said, see ya. Typically I do. Typically I'm like, I'm out. Bye. Um, so it's really interesting to me that I have not. Um, and that says something to me that, that literally says something to me. Um, that is way different than I've ever, ever done in the past. Um, so yeah, I can just say that's a, that's a different thing. That's a different thing for me <laughs> is, um, having a deal breaker hits you square in the face and I'm processing. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it means that because this deal breaker has knocked me in the face and I'm like, hmm, interesting. Uh, yes, he knows. He's, he, he, um, he is well aware of the deal breaker, um, but he's also well aware that I don't know why where I have an inkling why, right? Right? I have an inkling why, because um, I definitely care about him, but that is completely different. Any other relationship I've ever had, if someone has any of the deal breakers, even come close to the deal breaker, I'm like, see ya, gotta go, bye-bye. Um, so that right there, I would say is different. Uh, we are both very open, like communication wise. So that's different too. But I mean, I, I'm a really good communicator, so I, I don't know if that's much different than any of the other relationships that I've been in. I think him receiving it is probably different because most people don't. Uh, okay. Someone's saying that's called true love on both parts. Here, here's another fun fact about Savage. I am legit so stubborn, so stubborn, like insanely stubborn. Um, so I have, if I have to count how many deal breakers I have, I'd probably say they're like, I don't know, five to seven deal breakers or maybe whatever. Right. Um, and they're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm super stubborn. I know, I know I am extreme. So are y'all. Y'all are stubborn too. If you're part of the Savage family, I know y'all are stubborn. Everyone has something that they are stubborn about. Everyone has something they're stubborn about. Um, cheating. Someone said cheating is their main one. Uh, cheating isn't even a deal breaker for me. Cheating is a get the fuck out of my face. I never want to speak to you again. So it's not even a deal breaker. It's you're gone to me. Like if, if someone cheats, like, I don't even know you. I'm not even sure if you're still alive. Like that's not a deal breaker. That's a, 
If you walk past me, I don't even know you. If you try to talk to me, who? Yeah, so that's not even, that's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That right there <laughs> is, not a, is not a deal breaker. Deal, I have other deal breakers for sure. But extremely stubborn. So that is why, well, let's look. Okay, let's, let's be honest. These deal breakers that I have and these things that I want, it's because I'm not going to settle. And I feel like, I feel like not settling is going to get me to my right person, right? So not settling, getting me to my right person, whether they're deal breakers, whatever it might be, that's what I feel like I need to do. Does that make sense? That, that's what I feel like I need to do. I'm not going to settle. I want someone to bring happiness into my life, not complicate it. I want no drama. I, none of that. Absolutely none of it. I don't have it. I don't want it. Like all of the things. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure that my peace, my peace is not interrupted. And I get it, there's gonna be ebbs and flows, there's gonna be little waves or trickles or whatever, but my piece needs to be like, nah, you're not messing with that, bro. I don't care who you are, but that's not being messed with. So I would say something I've done differently in this relationship than others is giving another chance to someone that I feel like that deal breaker would have like sent anyone and everyone else away. So that's definitely that one. All right, I'm gonna do one more because we've already been on here a half hour. So let me do one more question. <laughs> okay, somebody asked, what's the biggest man fail in the bedroom? Biggest man fail in the bedroom. I mean, I feel like it's, they can't get it up, you know? What, I mean, right? Isn't that like the biggest fail? I don't know. Yeah, if the noodle's not cooked. I don't know. What else, what else, <laughs> what else can I say? I mean, if, you know, yeah. Maybe that or, I, I mean, look, we've all been with people that you're like right there and then they're like, wait here and you're like no ding 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 like here's the arrow you know what i'm saying like here is the arrow um that might be a fail too when you're like as far as like quickness i don't really care about that like it is what it is but it's like if i have to point a neon sign down to it every single time that is a fail that's definitely that's definitely a, a fail for sure. Uh, you know, other things, someone's asking about bad breath. I mean, there's Tic Tacs for that. There's Tic Tacs, there's gum, that's fine. Um, but I would say that, and, and people in the chat are talking about, you know, um, measurements. I mean, uh, <laughs> okay. In the chat, people are saying, people are saying, hold on, uh, not being able to perform, not listening. Okay. What else? 
you know, <laughs> people are saying that measurements matter. I mean, I feel like everybody has a puzzle piece and puzzle pieces fit. That's all I'm saying. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Selfishness, yeah. We don't want someone that's extremely selfish. I learned a new term last night. Well, actually, last night I was talking to my best friend, but she had used the term before. And it was the first time I heard that term. And I was literally cackling about it when she told me the very first time. Um, so yes, you can't always be a taker. That's, yeah, that's definitely a thing as well. <laughs> that's definitely a thing as well. We want to make sure that it's not always one-sided, right? Right? All right, you guys, that is it for this episode. I'm going to make sure that I do a catch up every Monday so you guys can ask the hard questions and I'll answer them. You know, I'm going to answer them. I will do this every Monday. Keep the questions coming and that's it. I'm out. Here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.